this time on episode 316 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're going to discuss Rudderways, Season 3, Episode 7, Left Hand Path, and Season 3, Episode 8, Devil's Torture Chamber. I'm Andrew from the Dad.io podcast. Life supplies the inputs and we supply the outputs. Part of the Going to Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other fantastic and amazing geeky shows at goingtogeeknetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, January 26, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast loud-wide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat and talk with us as we record. Michelle, happy National Green Juice Day. Okay. Yeah, I was surprised to know. So I went to the grocery store with a couple of family members, and we were in the shake aisle that is kind of associated with the fruits and vegetables sort of thing. So just, you know shakes in a bottle sort of thing and i was surprised to learn that i have a couple of family members that can't get enough of those green shakes more power to them exactly i'll go with the blueberry or the strawberry or the banana or anything else than the green stuff yeah now what color stuff did iron man have tony stark in the movies it wasn't green it was gross whatever it was i can't remember yeah I didn't pay attention to that. <laughs> well, the next time you watch an Iron Man movie, you can go back and see it or maybe some adventures. Anyway, we digress. Let's get on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel cinematic and comic book universes in general. Because of stereotypical first meetings. If you'd like to talk to us about blind dates and stereotypical first meetings you can catch us on our website legendsofshield.com you can leave a voicemail 844 the bus one that's 844-843-2871 you want to talk to us about the just appearance of other superhero superhuman powered people into your hiding place you can catch us on our facebook page at legends of shield podcast we're on twitter at legends of shield you can leave a comment about first meetings awkwardly at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash gonna geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. If you want to talk about sharing your powers for the first time with somebody else that's powered, you can talk with us on our Discord server at gonnageek.com slash Discord. And remember, Legends of Shield is a proud member of the gonnageek.com network. Proud members of the gonnageek.com network. Say, as a highlight, Michelle, just want to say this before we start. It's just you and me this week. We've got Lauren who's moving. We've got Haley who's undergoing wizard training at Hogwarts. And they'll be back 
uh, Lauren, as soon as she's done moving, Haley, as soon as she's done uh, finding her wand. But you and I both do another podcast called The Starling Tribune, right? Correct. We do it with our pal, Chris. And the podcast has been going on for many, many years since we've been podcasting about season one, which first aired in 2012. Michelle came along later, and we are now at the end this week of the show, Arrow. Just want to say, if you want to catch the finale episode, you can go over to the Gunna Geek Network and find the last episode of the Starling Tribune. Should be out slightly after this one. So if you want to have a lot of memories and fun and our talk about a season finale, as we do here quite regularly, because shows keep popping in and out of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., you can join us over there at the Starling Tribune. Michelle, any last words on the Starling Tribune before we continue on here? It's an end of an era. Indeed. Well, let's get on with talking about the Runaways. The Runaways Season 3 aired on Hulu December 13th, 2019. It's last year, but it's just barely a month ago, so we're still within the realm of the newness for it. We're talking about two episodes today, Left Hand Path and Devil's Torture Chamber. And the creative team behind Left Hand Path was directed, the episode was directed by Katie Eastridge, who has two directing credits to her name, starting in 2016, with one episode of Runaways and two episodes of Teen Wolf. The episode was written by a couple of people, Tracy McMillan, who has 11 writing credits dating back to 1997, with three episodes of Life on Mars, one episode of Mad Men, two episodes of Chase, and four episodes of Runaways. It was also co-written by Kendall Rogers, who has two writing credits to his name, starting in 2019, one episode of Looking for Alaska, and three episodes of Runaways. Now, Michelle, before I hand over the creative team in the second episode to you, we had this conversation, myself and Haley, last time. What do you call it when an entire series is dropped onto a streaming service? Is that what you call it, dropped, or do you call it published, or what, what would you say? How would you term it? It drops. Drops. So, drops. Okay, Michelle, give us the creative team behind Devil's Torture Chamber. This episode was directed by Jeff Wolnoff, who has 74 directing credits starting in 1998, including two Dracula the Series, five Silk Stockings, three Sliders, six The Outer Limits, six of Dark Angel, one episode of Smallville, one Birds of Prey. One True Calling, three Battlestar Galactica, two Eureka, one Supernatural, one The Vampire Diaries, 10 episodes of Vikings, one Riverdale, one episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, two Cloak and Dagger, eight of The Expanse, and one Runaways. There's a writing team uh, written by Warren Hsu Leonard, who has five writing credits starting in 2013, including two Perception, four How to Get Away with Murder, one Power, One Looking for Alaska, and Four Runaways. And Stu Selenik, who has one writing credits, which is this episode of Runaways. Uh, Stu was the writer's assistant on two episodes of Runaways and eight Looking for Alaska. So this is a writer who gets, was an assistant for a while and who's finally gotten their shot. And the Runaways TV show is based on the Marvel comics by the same name, created by Brian K. Vaughn. And Adrian Alfano, and as I was corrected a couple episodes ago, Coach Alfano is what Alfano keeps on popping up in the episodes. 
Hey, Michelle, we're going to talk about the themes for the episode and theme from the second episode is basically the crossover, but there is a name for the episode. So let's start with the first episode, Left Hand Path. I'm a little bit mysteriously looking at that title for the theme of the episode. What do you got for me? Well, this is odd. I'm trying to, I know it's hard for me as well. And I guess it's one of those things, left path, right path. There's a Doctor Who episode called Turning Left about how just which direction you go determines the outcome. I think it just has to deal with Nico decides to go on the path. Well, if you take about it, it's like left hand. It's like she left everybody behind because it was very much Nico wanting to do this. I'm going to try to play Morgan. I'm going to do that. It was just a lot of I, I, I. And Carolina, I called her on it. And it was just one of those things to where I think it's really about Nico just going on this particular path and it leaves people behind. I would agree with that in thinking about what happened during the episode. There was a lot of Nico and what Nico had decided to do to try to get Alex. Now, her path has always been, I need to save Alex. I need to help Alex. And that's been her driving factor, but it's been at the cost of a lot of other things. And she's been forcing things. And yeah, maybe that's the path that's less chosen and then just decided to call it left-hand path. I'll have to do a Google search about it later. I meant to do it before we podcast it. There might be an actual work out there, like a book or something that states that. Anyway. I think the second episode's title is a little bit more clear based on what happened in the episode. Devil's Torture Chamber. What do we got there, Michelle? Well, we're finding out that the dark dimension is large and it has different suburbs. It's like there's the lower dimension part over there. There's like the weird Doctor Strange part over there. And then we have this section where the runaways are. You never know where you're going to end up. And this part is, you know, the devil's torture chamber. I was equating the specific title there, devil's torture chamber, as Morgan Le Fay is painting herself as the devil and that she's trying to bring hell over from the dark dimension. Loa, I think we've equated the two in this episode over to our normal dimension. And in the meantime, they have this prison over in the dark dimension that Alex is in and it's supposed to torture people, especially Alex. So that's the way I took that. Is it right? I don't know, but it's the way I took it. Anyway, a lot happened in these two episodes, including, let's just headline it, the crossover. It's the crossover. The crossover happened. We got the crossover and it wasn't even teased to us throughout a couple of weeks because we take two episodes at a time. We got the tease and we got the crossover all in the same week. Michelle, how glad were you when you were watching this? I was happy. This is where I got my because of, because when Tandy and Tyrone show up, Nico's alone and they're doing the whole, who are you? Who are you? And ready to fight. And Tandy's got the light shard and Nico's got the staff. It's that whole sort of superheroes meet and then they got to fight. I don't know why. It's just that whole stereotypical thing. 
And Tyrone is acting as peacemaker, as he always does. Tyrone is phenomenal about it. He's supposed to be the darker of everybody, but he's really the peacemaker. And I thought that Tandy and Tyrone stayed true to their characters throughout the entire episode. It's what you would expect to them going to another superhero show. Like if they popped up in the MCU movies, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, I would want them to stay in these characters. Now, are the characters compatible with the MCU? I don't know. But I do know that they stayed within their characters within the confines of the show. I was very happy there that it just wasn't they weren't taken over and then just forgotten about. And the creative team, by the way, behind the episode, you have Jeff Woolnott, who directed a whole bunch of great genre shows. And I think he was able to bring that experience into the episode and make it happen. And for that, I say thank you to Jeff. Thank you to Warren. And thank you to Stu. And I had heard that Joel Pukaski, who was the showrunner for Cloak and Dagger, did consult on this episode. I think I got that from his Twitter account at the time that the episodes dropped last December. So it was nice seeing that experience enabling this to happen. And it's a logical reason why they're there. Nico keeps messing with the darkness and going in and out and Tyrone shows up with Tandy going, whatever it is you're doing, you are part of thinning the barrier between the two and you're risking basically ruining reality, interdimensional shutdown, whatever's going on. It it needs to stop. It was very believable to me. As they were brought in, especially because of the last season of Cloak and Dagger, we you can watch the entirety of Runaways and never watch Cloak and Dagger. And this episode, I think, will make sense. But we had the advantage of watching the Cloak and Dagger series and getting the history behind where they were coming from. They've dealt with these type of situations before. So even though it's weird, they're able to get through it and liken it to their experiences and I think that Tandy's distrust of Nico was even within character, as was her eventual trust of Nico and everybody else. And unfortunately, it did take the hopes, the touch with the hopes, but I think that was needed to set up what happened later on as well. But I enjoyed it. I I thought it was all great. There were funny times within these episodes, too. Uh, First of all, for those youngins who are listening to this podcast that don't ever remember using this computer assembly language, basically called DOS, the C colon is the prompt that you can get with your command line. If you happen to have a Windows machine, I don't think the Macs have a command line anymore. I could be mistaken. I'm not a Mac guy, so I don't know. But when Gert was saying this C colon keeps on threatening me whenever I do anything. That's because that's the DOS prompt behind everything. I just thought that was a nice joke that us older people could get over the youngins. I am actually old enough to remember having to put in the prompts in order to get things to run. I thought that was funny. You actually have to type in the folder name .exe for the, file, for the actual program to run. Yes, and I thought it was funny that she used Doctor Who for the password and and destroyed the computer. That's another reason why I was thinking about Doctor Who in the title, because she actually used it as the password and it destroyed the computer. 
It's kind of funny that that all came up too, because I've been watching some of the Doctor Who that's been on the DVR for a while since Christmas. And on the 26th, they showed one of the old episodes that they were able to resurrect some of the audio from and they animated it. So I was watching that with something about the macro or something like that. Forget the title of it, but I was watching that and then I was watching this. And like, okay, Doctor Who reference is pretty cool getting that. And we also had a lot of other fun stuff talking about the computers, Janet, which I had said I expect to see later. She does come up as the, and I said this to Haley last week. I said, she reminds me a little bit of Max Hedrum. And she said she didn't know who Max Hedrum was. I felt a little old when she did that, but she basically is Max Hedrumming it. Would that be an incorrect way to say what she's doing here? I get the Max Hedrum reference. I am that old. But would you call what she's doing Max Hedrumming? Aside from the stuttering, she's not stuttering. She's more sophisticated. Hmm. I'm not talking just like the actor. It's the uh, what she's actually doing is a lot more intricate and sophisticated than what Max Hedrum ever did. That's fair. And the other thing that I was trying to remember last episode, in case anybody sends hate mail, send it to me. That's fine. Stargate Pioneer at GuineaGeek.com. I was trying to remember what the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. algorithm was, and it was called the framework. So that is the like thing within the Marvel Universe. Not anything else that we were saying. It's called the framework. Yeah, got it. It's not like this is a main Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast or anything. Oh, no. It's just been a while since we've seen any Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. <sighs> How many more months we got? At least five, right? This is week 20-something of the hiatus. Ooh, I haven't been counting weeks this time like we did last time. Oh, I have. Okay. Yeah. We got about 52 last time, right? Yeah, we got to 49 or 50. Because it was basically a year. Because 52 weeks. Yeah, it was like 51. I can tell you this is week. Well, you said 27. It is 25. Week 25, about halfway there. All right. Yep. So about six months. We also started the first episode with Nico waking up from her coven sleepover or witch party or whatever, which she couldn't remember. She thought she would be in roofied and apparently witches don't need anything pedestrian. It was just an average witch party with dancing, speaking in tongues, casting spells. And did you bring your book of spells? I mean, everybody brings their book of spells to a coven party. Left it in my other pants. Mm. And of course, the purple eye thing. She calls it purple eye thing. So I'm, I'm glad they're referencing that at least. And she knows. I don't think she's seen herself with the purple eyes. Has she? I think she has. And then there was the whole thing with Tina being in the hospital and then Nico going to rescue her, which was endearing that they had mother-daughter moment. But unfortunately, as they're having their family moment, because Tina recognizes that the crow necklace is controlling Robert and puts ends the hex or whatever on it. And then Robert tries to find Morgan's book of spells. And then Morgan basically takes Robert's life away. And he at least even he acknowledges that he was dying, which Morgan might have caused, actually, looking back a couple episodes ago. But then she gave him his life back, and then he always knew she was going to take it away. So he was kind of fine with it. And this makes two parents that we've lost this season, both Catherine and Robert. I don't know if we're going to see Robert again. I know we saw Catherine again in these two episodes, but I don't think we're going to see Robert again. What do you think about that? Well, Robert's dead. 
So it was Catherine. Catherine was dead. Right. And now she's dead in the dark dimension. Yep. Which is like your soul. Basically, she died and her soul ended up in the dark dimension. She was still herself. And what Alex kills is that soul. And now this weird empty thing is going to come up. Like what Quentin ended up being because Quentin died helping. So we might see Catherine again. As a weird dead thing. Oh, Catherine the zombie. All right. That'd be interesting. So do you think we're going to get Robert again in the dark dimension? I don't know if we're going back to the dark dimension, but I don't know how do you defeat Morgan Le Fay without going to the dark dimension and AWOL still over there. Yeah, there's going to have to be a way to send her back and shut the door on her. Okay. Also, I think it's kind of funny that all these kids are being sent to lessons. You got sailing lessons going on with Chase. You got Nico doing karate lessons and you've got butterfly knife defense lessons, as we've learned from a previous episode with Gert. So all these kids are really doing dangerous stuff. And I think a lot of kids would like to have their parents in order to send them to such a thing well they are rich they're rich yeah i mean even tandy was doing ballet which arguably is very expensive they do have this quest to save alex nico has been driving to it as i mentioned before when tandy and tyrone come along that enables them to go into the dark dimension and find alex and you're just missing molly and you knew something you knew molly something bad was going to happen with her when you came back because she wasn't with everybody else and she was taken by the coven. So it broke my heart again. So at the end of last week, we saw Molly with the cell phone in front of her. And then at the end of this week, we see her with green glowy eyes, not the yellow glowing eyes that she usually has, but the green glowy eyes. This is not going to end well. I think you're going to have to have old lace come out and, uh, have a little heart to heart with her. A witch fueled Molly. I want to see it. <laughs> I know it's bad news, but I want to see it. It's going to be entertaining. I'll give you that. We've got two episodes left after this. One is the penultimate episode, one is the finale. We're going to watch both of them in one week. So, this is our penultimate Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. on the Runaways. Next week, we'll get the last two episodes. I think a lot's going to happen. We'll talk, we'll prognosticate at the end of the episode, but. Yeah, that's it. For now, uh, Robert, when he died, he gave the whizzy glasses over to Nico and she was able to read Morgan Le Fay's spell book. It's kind of odd that Nico doesn't have her own spell book, but I suspect that Tina does. And I don't know if this is something that's handed down or if you create it new or if it's going to be copied. I'm not sure how this works, but I think at the end of this season, we're going to get that spell book in there. And in the meantime, she's got all the spells that Morgan has access to via the whizzy glass. Sometimes witches make their own spell book, but you're right. There are cases where it is handed down and the new person adds to the spells because you're keeping the family magic going. And Morgan was really happy to hurt Tina. It makes me think that she tried to tempt Tina somehow, and Tina was able to just go, LOL, nope. Tina's pretty strong. And I could see how that would make her the tough CEO that she was at the end, and one of the more 
stringent leaders of pride at the end between her and Leslie. I could see how that evolved, but she took a left turn and is basically trying to fight the good fight and do it with Nico now. They're still not living together. Nico did not go home with Tina. She went back to the hostel, as they're calling it, which we saw the exterior of the hostel in the second episode, by the way, in the dark dimension. And they at least see what this house was supposed to look like when it was above ground. It looks pretty awesome, actually. Yeah, it's really cool. So they're living in a great place. It's buried, but they're living in a great place. So Leslie has this moment with Molly. And I would say it's actually the other way around. Molly has this moment of Leslie. Because Molly now knows that Leslie killed her parents or gave the order to kill her parents or the, in, through the explosion, you know, many, those many years ago. And they've never had a time where they've confronted each other. I thought it was great for the producers, the writers to enable this scene finally, where we get this face-to-face between Molly and Leslie and that Molly steps down. She doesn't forgive Leslie and probably never will, but she does not confront Leslie with the same end in violence, which enables her, as Carolina was saying earlier in the episode, to maintain herself and also something that Alex did the opposite of in the dark dimension. We'll get to that in a second, but Molly was able to retain herself because she hasn't done anything, at least not yet, because we mentioned that she's controlled by the coven now, but I thought that was a well-placed scene, especially because she is now controlled with the coven that had to happen this season. I am uh, really glad we have that, especially since we're not going to get another season of runaways. I liked how Leslie was standing there and ready to take her punishment. What she said is true. Once you take a life, you can't go back. It's just downward from there. And we got to see a lot of the old characters, or not old characters, but characters that have passed away. You saw Darius, you saw Catherine, we saw Awal, who wasn't passed away, but was taken into the dark dimension. Arguably, I think they can all come. I don't know what the rules are. If, if those that are stuck in the dark dimension can come out or not, because Morgan did, but I don't know if she was under a special spell or not. Amy did not uh, because she knew that Morgan was going to know that she was up, but I don't, I don't even I don't know if it's possible or not. I'm thinking anybody that is in the dark dimension and has been there for a while is going to stay there and cannot come back. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, like I said, it seems as though the dark dimension has. Well, think of New York. People say that they're from New York, but then when you get to New York, people are like, I'm from Queens or I'm from the Bronx. I kind of see it that way. There's the dark dimension. We go into the dark dimension and then, well, Aloha's over here. And then there seems to be this territory controlled by Morgan Le Fay. Because when you go through, you actually see crows and there's actually a picture of her at one point. It seems as though she's been able to carve out her little queendom for a while in order to find a way to escape. And they escape because Nico is given, because she asked for it, one of Tandy's shards. And then they combined the powers together like a peanut butter cup. My chocolate, my peanut butter. That was kind of a cool way to express it. And then it's a superpowered shard that's able to kill people in the dark dimension. I think that will be used for a high-profile mission. Maybe against Morgan Le Fay, maybe somebody else that's high-profile. I don't know. But Tandy 
made sure that Nico still had it at the end. I think it's going to come up again in a big way. But that was pretty cool that their powers combined like that. Yeah, because it's a little different. Tandy ends up grabbing Nico and sees her hopes, which is another wedding. This, you know, again, it's Nico's type of wedding to Carolina. And in that, you see Carolina's light mixed with Nico's dark. And that's where Tandy gets the comparison between, you know, Carolina and Nico is like me and Tyrone, minus the whole wanting to get married thing. So she understands that they need each other to balance each other out. Yeah, that was pretty cool when she saw the powers together. And also at the end of Cloak and Dagger, we saw the two, I wouldn't say romantically involved, but at least seeming to progress on that path. So I I wouldn't be, you know, if we're going to fanfic this in like 10 years or so, I wouldn't be surprised to see them married or whatever, if they're still around. Who? I'm talking about Tandy and Tyrone. No, I actually like them as friends. Yeah, I like that too, but I can see that progressing if they continue to be together for a while. I don't know. We're not going to see it. I'm saying it's possible. And I can see your point too, that they're better off as friends. Talking about hopes, the last thing we need to bring up with these episodes is Tandy holds Alex's hand as Tyrone is transporting them back to the mansion in the real reality or our dimension. Tandy sees Alex's hopes, which honestly was a little bit of a mega villain look where you had Alex with the fistigons on with old lace circling him as in he's controlling him. He had light powers on one hand. Basically, he's got all the powers of all the kids and he was smiling almost with a maniacal laugh. I'm worried about what Alex is up to at this point. Remember, they actually don't rescue Alex. That's the key point. So Catherine's been helping Alex and Darius has been wanting Alex to kill and he's been resisting it and resisting it. Then his friends come along and there's that fight where they can't get out of the room and that's what Alex sees. And then Alex kills Catherine. In the dark dimension. And then the door unlocks and everything disappears. They don't rescue Alex. Alex does something. Remember, when Leslie said, when you kill someone, there's no coming back. Alex has killed someone. Even though it was in the dark dimension. Even though Catherine was already dead. He took that knife and he killed Catherine himself this time he actually did it himself alex is not the same he's not i don't know if we're gonna get old alex back anymore or not i don't know if it's possible i don't think so either all right so next week we're gonna be running up against the penultimate and the finale and before we get there is there anything more about these two episodes that you want to talk about i thought it was really funny when dale and stacy were finally reunited and stacy was just like, what's that smell? And Dale is like, me, you know, if I thought I was going to get kidnapped, I would have bathed. And Stacy has to admit that she's with Victor because they're, they're, now they're friends. The aliens, when they were in control of their bodies, used them as release. So now we learn that Stacy and Victor, their bodies have been physically intimate. 
And then like Chase, they're trying to escape. And then Tyrone and Tandy and Nico finally arrive to, you know, rescue. And Tyrone has to get the old people out and he takes them to the Hollywood sign. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And Tyrone doesn't even untie him. Although I kind of figure that they can do Chase's same trick and knock over the chair and help each other untie. But they're up there. I mean, I got to think it's a long walk. I've never actually been up to the Holloway Hollywood sign. I don't think you can actually walk up to it. I think you can walk by it, but you can't walk up to it. I don't know. I'm not from L.A. I haven't been around there, but I do know that it is a ways away from everything else. So they're going to have a little fun. And I don't know if they have their phones with them or not to call or Uber. It's going to be interesting with the three of them. And yeah, Dale smells. So hopefully they can throw him in a river or something. Try to wash some of that stink off before they get him home. The three times a week counseling session is going to be pretty taxing on them. So I hope they get through that. Okay. I don't know if they're going to get that before next episode or not. We also have Jeffrey, who is still has the necklace on and being controlled by Morgan LeFay. I think that that won't last forever. So we'll see how that pans out. Prognostication prediction time, Michelle. Last two episodes. What do you think are the main things that are going to happen? Fight with Morgan. Okay. You think Nico's going to send her away? Or do you think it's going to be Nico and combined powers with maybe Carolina or something like that? I think it's going to have to be a combination of Nico, Carolina, and that shard. I think the shard's going to come into play. I don't know if everyone's going to make it. This is a really big fight. I don't want any of them to die, but this is serious. And some of the deaths need to stick. So Catherine's death is going to stick. Robert's death, I think, should stick. I don't know if all the kids are going to make it. Mm, that would be interesting. I don't think we're going to get any of the aliens anymore. No, I think they're gone. Yeah. I don't know what happened with the royal family once they went to the dark dimension. I know. Stacy might know. Like when everybody gets together, because Stacy figured out how to kill them. So it would be it, it'd be interesting, like once everyone can get together, Stacy'd be like, we need to, to do this to kill them. Maybe they are dead. Maybe they're not. The Molly controlled by the coven is going to be interesting. And I think maybe that's where some of the hurt, the main hurt is going to come from. I'm still not sure if Leslie is in league with Morgan or not. I don't know if she's controlled by Morgan or not. We saw Susan earlier this season. I don't know if we're going to see her again. There might be a lot of plot lines that get left behind us just because they thought they might have another season. They might need stories to move ahead. I'm not sure what they're going to wrap up and what they're not going to wrap up. I haven't heard, as I mentioned last episode, a huge outcry of people not liking the finale. This has been out for a month now, and I haven't heard everybody say, oh, the ending of Runaway sucked. I haven't heard that. So. I don't think we're going to get something that's terrible, but I do think we're going to get something that's not entirely complete given the world that we have in front of us. And I won't throw out this series making its jump back over to Disney plus underneath Kevin Feige, but I don't know if Kevin Feige really cares about these series or not. So only time will tell there all we have in front of us are the last two episodes. And I look forward to watching them and we're going to podcast about them next week. The last thing I'll say is 
I did enjoy the send off with Tyrone and Tandy. It was good to see them again. It'd be kind of nice to see them come back in the finale episode just for a scene or something with the big boss fight, but I don't think we're going to get that. I think the transference of the power through the shard is is what we're going to get. So I think this is it. I think this is what we're going to get of Tandy and Tyrone. So bravo. Nicely done. And hope you guys do well in the future on whatever, wherever you end up acting. Did a great job. Great two seasons plus the crossover. I think it was good. I do too. All right, next Sunday, we're going to be talking about the penultimate episode of Runaways, The Broken Circle, and the finale episode, Cheat the Gallows. We are not going to be at a normal time because, well, the Super Bowl is at the normal time, so we'll be podcasting earlier in the day. I believe uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time is what we settled on. And stay tuned to our Twitter feed and our Facebook feed about the finale on the times there. In the meantime, Michelle, let's go one last time in a cloak and dagger and just jump in just like Tandy did right into Tyron's cloak and get out of this one. Thanks everybody who's been with us through the entirety of the runaways and cloak and dagger. We really appreciate you around and Michelle, I just want to say thank you very much for making it back from your big boss battle last week. And it, being able to join us on this podcast and not getting stuck in whatever prison that the boss was going to put you in. Look, we had to fight not only this creature, but also a baby kraken. We had to fight a baby kraken. Baby kraken. It wasn't like it wasn't like a little. It was like a teenage kraken. Oh, okay. It was tough. So it wasn't it was really like tough. Baby Yoda. It was more like teenage Groot. Yes. Okay. It was tough. Thank you for not uh, destroying the universe and being able to come back. Yeah, Salt Marsh is all safe now. So thank you very much. And thank you to everyone who listens and downloads. Thank you for sticking with us during this drought. It's not really a I mean, it's drought of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but we're able to talk about a lot of other shows in the meantime. And we'll have to talk about what we're going to be covering next, too. So we'll get you that next week. Until next time, I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. I wonder if Marvel is ever going to do a reality show. You know, I don't think they will. Like living in a house with some B-level superheroes. <laughs> Probably not.
Hello, this is Editor SP returning while I am just finishing the podcast to publish in just a few minutes here. And I did, in fact, go back and look for Left Hand Path and what it meant. I put a bunch of articles into the show notes, and there is a variety of different things, but it's generally a generic term for any branch of magic, religion, or philosophy that stands in opposition to the usual spiritual beliefs of the modern world. So, in the context of this episode, Left Hand Path is probably pointing out the departure from the normal world that the Dark Dimension and the Land of the Loa really make towards this episode of Runaways and to what happened over in Cloak and Dagger. Also, I went back to research what Joel Bokaski actually did with the crossover and the showrunners for Runaways approached Joe and told them what they wanted to do and Joe gave them their blessing for his blessing and then the showrunners took it from there. So I don't think Joe was involved in actually writing any part of the crossover episode, but he was consulted. So we look forward to seeing you next week for the finale episode of Runaways. See you guys. Bye. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2020.